All right, BradCooney.com would like to welcome to the show hip-hop recording artist Juke Strongarm. What is up, bro? What's good? What's good? Doing all right, man. Appreciate you calling in. Yeah. All right, you got a lot going on. Absolutely, man. It's it's an honor to have you on the show. Um, You got a lot going on. I read through your bio. I listened to your song, uh, Gangsta Gangsta, which I liked, actually, a lot. Um, So... I guess um, you know you got a you got a pretty interesting uh, you got a pretty interesting story to tell. Um, um, a lot of stuff in your bio, some real raw stuff, stuff that happens in the reality of, of life um, across the country. So I guess just before we get into your into your new music, I just touch touch base a little bit with my listeners. Um, tell them tell them about what happened to you when you were younger and and how you use music you know as as your springboard to go forward once you got out. Yeah, like uh, when I was 22, I got arrested for four bank robberies and an attempted gun store robbery. They was talking about I was facing 75 years and this, that, and the third. You know how they hyped it up. But, you know, I ended up only getting 13 years in a good plea deal. And and then after that, you know, while I was in prison, you know, I was just working on music because I was doing music right before I went to prison under a different name and everything. And... Um, while I was in prison, you know, most people spend their commissary money on snacks, cigarettes, and stuff. I'm not not to say I didn't do that sometimes, but I bought like music books and business books and stuff like that. And I was just trying to figure out how I was going to continue my my career when I got home. And, and when I came home, I just jumped right into it. I mean, I only been out like seven months. Yeah. You know, I already got my I already got my label started. I already got singles out. I already got an EP out. Like I'm just like really trying to do my thing. I mean, and, and it makes sense because, I mean, you spent, you said, what, 13 years you said you, sp- you spent in there? I, I, I ended up doing about 12. Okay. So 12 years is still not a walk in the park. That's a long time. Yeah, so in New York State prisons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm guessing that once you got out, you were like, fuck this. I mean, I, I don't got time to be bullshitting. I mean, I, I had too many years, you know, behind bars. I got to get going. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, pretty much. Um, So... This e- this um so you got an you got you got an EP. Let's talk about the EP first. My fellow American, um, the 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 title really interests me. I like that. It's really catchy. But I know there's a backstory there. So t- t- tell the listeners a little bit about the the uh, title of the EP. I mean, being in prison, you got a lot of time to think. It's a lot of time to yourself, and you see a lot of stuff that's going on in the country. And like like with the I mean, late in my bed, like with the Colin Kaepernick situation and with the police shootings and stuff like that. You know, and seeing the young, seeing the young African American men in prison. You know, just seeing the whole situation from a from from like a, a big picture point of view. I just was like, you know what? I can't really be. I mean, I could do the gangster rap, but I can't really just be all about gangster rap. Like, I gotta speak on some of these issues because it's the people with the voices that's gonna inform the masses. So, you know, I just decided that that was gonna be my type of music. So when I when I did my fellow American, you know, it's got some gangster tracks in it, but it's really got a couple tracks. It's a six song EP, but it's got a couple tracks in there that speaks to like the plight of the African American in, in this country at this time, this day and age. So when you were in when you were incarcerated, how much time did you get to see like TV and, and, and get news from the outside? I mean, like they have TVs on the blocks, but like some prisons in New York State, you can have TVs in your cell if you can afford them. But they were charging like one hundred and eighty dollars for a seven-inch TV at one point. So Jeez. you know, it was just like, and you know, you can't really earn any money, so you have to depend on people to send you money. And if you don't got that right then and there to kick out, then you can't get a TV in your cell. But 
you know, I, had, I was fortunate at one point in time I had a TV in my town, but, you know, I listened to the radio a lot, mm-hmm. and, and I watched TV on the block and, and block and all that, you know, and everybody in, in prison these days is a philosopher, you know, so everybody was all talk about it and stuff like that. Sure. So what year did you go in? 2007. So you actually missed the whole Barack Obama. You missed, you missed the first, yeah, you missed yeah, all of his... I was pretty upset about that too. Sure, you know, you know, like that was history, and I didn't get a, I didn't get a chance to play a part in that or see that. I was actually writing songs at the time that he became president that I, that I was thinking that I could use to help promote his campaign or whatnot, stuff like that. Yeah, but that was just that was just practice at the time. You know, I was just practicing. But yeah, you man. Know, you know what I did when Barack Obama got when he got when he got inaugurated when he when he swore in his first. His, you know, for his first term, yeah. um, I saved the newspaper. I saved the newspaper yeah. and I put that in plastic. I covered it up. Um, I still yeah, got sure. that because I think in twenty, thirty years, somebody probably paid a nice little penny for that. Because uh, yeah. it's in mint condition. It's like you know, right off the shelf, perfect condition. And you know, the first African American president. I mean, that's something I, I wanted to hold on to. Um, yeah. So, so then, I'm interesting also. Um, of course, Colin Kaepernick was the um, the, the, the quarterback who, who kneeled and um, caused you know he caused quite a controversy across the country. Of course, people dug in and there was sides to the whole thing. Um, my, my position, just 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 for conversational purposes, was I 100% support his right to protest, and I don't have a problem with him kneeling either. I guess the only part that kind of bothered me a little bit was maybe the timing of it. Because he was played at the same time as he, you know, he he would do that at the same time in the national anthem, and it's not something I would lose sleep over. But I mean, some people are really tripping about it. Um, yeah, I mean, pers- personally, I think people are tripping, but they're people are pretending like they don't know what the intent behind. Yeah, that's it true. That's a gets a solid point. When people get ignorant about that, because the guy, the guy he, he had a message to send. So so that's a hundred percent. They say he was disrespecting the. the, the the national anthem, the country. If you ask me, I think he was actually respecting it because he was taking his right to protest, his right to freedom of speech, and that and that's the right that people fight and die for. So in the end, he was basically actually supporting that right yeah. by saying, by saying, listen, people fight and die for this, so I'm not going to use it in vain. I'm going to make sure I use all my rights. That's actually a really, that's a really solid point. That's a real, that's a really interesting perspective. Um, that, that lot of, I think a lot of people need to listen to that because a lot of knee-jerk reactions were happening too. Yeah. Um, and I'm a military guy, I'm a veteran, so I actually, you know, I risked my life to give Colin Kaepernick, you know, to preserve his his rights to do that. So that's why I was, you know, I'm all in favor of protests and as long as people aren't fucking stupid and like blowing shit up and, you know, yeah. some of that shit gets a little crazy when you're blocking ambulances, they're getting, you know, getting to calls and shit. It can, it can get a little crazy. But yeah. it's a lot of stuff to write songs about, though. So you've touched on that, haven't you? Yeah, I got a song on the EP called "Time," where I, where I speak on that. Uh, on the Colin Kaepernick itself, or, or or in general? On Colin Kaepernick. Nice. That's good stuff, man. All right, so I listened to the song "Gangsta Gangsta." Um, I tell you what caught me was uh, who who does the vocals like, right, that vocal piece right out of, right, right right from the beginning. Oh, that's that's a friend of mine. You know, we were friends back in the day before I got arrested. You know, I know his cousin and all that. Like his, his cousin, his family. We were, I'm friends with his whole family, and like 
his cousin is the one who has the first verse, but you know, he he's he's a singer. Like I didn't even know he sung yeah. before I went to prison. Like I was talking with somebody from my town while I was in prison. I was like, Yeah, you know he be singing and I'm like, All right, and I kept and I made note of that and I and I kept that note until I got home and then I would be able to contact him. Yeah. I mean he so caught I me I mean he's got he's 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 got some really good vocals, man. His yeah. voice is good. And I like how you use that, like it's a hook, right? Isn't that like a hook? Yeah. Yeah, man, that's strong. And of course, then you then you follow with that when you start rapping. Um, so I liked it. Who who produced that? Who produced the song? Uh, uh, the beat was made by a friend of mine named C Lee. Yep. You can see him on Instagram, C Lee on the track. He puts a lot of beats up there, but he makes he makes beats for me. I, I got I got a few people making beats for me though. Mm-hmm. And I also make I make some beats myself. Yeah, I was going to ask you, that, if you if you ever if you ever thought about making your own beats. Yeah, I went to school. I went to school briefly for music in college. Right before I got arrested, mm-hmm. I was like, in, I was in a community college for music for like one semester. So you know, I kind of got the gist of it. But I, I also played the instrument. Like I played the saxophone for like seven, eight years. Wow! And I was I was in marching bands and I was in high school bands and we and we did, Damn. Know, we did a lot of things in music. Yeah. So I got to ask you a question, but you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. But I'm just interested in this. I'm interested in the psyche, like the psychology behind this. What makes a kid that's in school, in band, learning saxophone? I've always wanted to play saxophone. How do you take, how do you make that leap from that to to robbing like uh, banks? I mean, this is this is this is how I say it. Like, I mean, even though I was a straight A student, I was always in honors classes. You know, when I leave school at three p.m., it's back to the hood. Uh huh. So you know, it's it's like it's like school is one area, but then when I come home, I'm in the hood where there's all these influences and there's all these things going. Because you know, I used to sell drugs and stuff like that too. But you know, it's just like it's just like it's just like a lot of different things going on. And when with the bank robbery thing, you know, it was just like this was like 2006, 2007, where like the bubble hadn't completely burst yet mm-hmm. for the economic failure, but people were getting laid off at, in large numbers. You know. And I ended up losing my job, and I had like a lot of responsibilities at the time. So it was ah. just like, gotcha. And you, and, and this, then you did this how many times? Four, four times? It was. I was connected to way more than that, but that's what they got me on four bank robberies and attempted robberies. Hey, you said fuck it. I'm, I'm gonna. You know what I always told people? I, I it's like some people that rob like like fucking dollar stores and shit, and like Taco yeah. Bell's. I'm like, what the fuck are you people doing? If you're gonna do it. Do it. Don't, don't, I mean, what are you going to get a couple hundred dollars at a Taco Bell and go 20 years in prison for it? I mean, you guess that's not worth it. If you're going to do it, rob a fucking bank. I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to encourage anybody to do that, of course, but I never could understand that philosophy. If you're going to rob something and risk all that time in prison, you might as well fucking go for it. Yeah. Crazy shit, man. Alright, so in your bio you talk about the importance, it's like you want you want the listeners to really pay attention more closely to lyrics, and I, that caught my attention. Um, yeah. So you're into lyrics, so the, the lyrical side of things, talk about that. Yeah, because I came up in like like the 90s, early 90s, late 90s rap, and like early 2000s, and it was, it was like a much more lyrical game than like, nowadays I don't knock today's music, because it's, it's, it's fun music, but it's not music that you could really just like driving your car and get in that zone like or if there's something really going on in your life that you could put on that type of song that'll, that'll make you feel comfortable in the moment so you know like I like lyrics and also you know with the, with the conscious and political you know people 
I mean, the art was originally formed to send messages, you know? Yeah. So, you know, like nowadays people have gotten so far away from that. I mean, you still have artists doing that, you know, like Meek Mill and J. Cole, like they, they still, they send a message, they kind of bringing it back somewhat. Yeah. But, you know, for, for the more popular music, it's, it's not, it's not really there. To me, NWA was the trendsetter. NWA were the ones that really fired the first major shots across the bow of the, of the government. They went after the cops. They went after the government. That's why I liked them. Uh, yeah. Even if somebody disagreed with them, you got to respect them. They, they took on the freaking monsters, man. I yeah. mean, you know, and talk about messaging. I mean, that, that, I mean, the whole police brutality, NWA is the ones that really, you know, really opened the doors, in my opinion. Yeah. They also, they, I mean, they also opened the doors for the gangster music, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely, man. Because you know, I mean, on the, on the East Coast, it was more, it was more like it was messaging, but it was more fun music yeah. and stuff like that. But then the NWA came out with this whole other animal, and it was just like it was crazy. Yeah, it's like when the fuck the police thing, and then then yeah, um, and then when they took on Congress, they really, I think that was even bigger, man. Because I mean, these are a bunch of white dudes in suits running the country and the lawmakers and shit, you know? And this, and this is 80s. This is the 80s. Yeah, exactly. So this, that, is not, that's, this is not too far removed from the civil rights era. Like, exactly. You know, so... And that's the part where I, what I mean by even if people disagreed with what they were doing, which I, I actually agree with what they were doing, but there was, you know, like like, like always, there's always sides, but you got to respect people that, that had that kind of, you know, passion for change. And, yeah. You know, especially you brought up a good point. This, this isn't like 2014 when this happened. This happened like an eye blink from the civil rights moment. So, yeah, good stuff, man. All right, so um, you make no secret about your, your, your the, the, the gangster type rap that you do. Um, what what is it about that though? I mean, why why haven't you divulged into the, into some other kind of style? I mean, like, I could, I mean, I'm, I may do it in the future, but then again, I may not because, you know, like, trap music, I mean, trap music, is, it's easy to be a liar when you're doing trap music, you know, like some of these guys, I mean, since, I mean, the language is so universal now, pretty much anybody could come up with a story to tell about being in a trap, and, and like, um, like, R&B, I don't really sing like that, or I don't like to sing my hooks like that, I'm into, like, the lyrical East Coast '90s gritty flow type thing, mm-hmm. you know. So I like I like to like spit. Like I'm a spitter. Like I'm not I'm not a, I'm not like a rapper or an artist. I'm a spitter. I spit I spit my lines. You know, it's like that's just how I gotta do it because that's that's what I came up with. And that's what I like the most. You know, I like punchline flows and stuff that make you laugh and stuff that make you think. I mean, I like I like I like the type of stuff that you know after hearing it two or three times. You pick up something that you didn't hear the first two or three times. Do you like to freestyle? Nah, I don't freestyle. I used to freestyle when I first started rapping. Like, yeah, I was I would freestyle a lot. But then, but then I got to the point where when I wrote, when I started writing, I realized that me personally, I can write ten times better than I can freestyle. So you know, yeah, and that makes sense. It, that makes sense to me because you know we just talked about how lyrics are important to you and messaging is important to you. Freestyling is kind of hard to do that when you're just, you know, looking to rhyme words. And um, I mean, it's, you know, some people are really good at it the way they can actually yeah. rhyme. You have, to, you have to be very witty, very quick, quick on your feet to think about rhymes that make, you know, that within context of what this word is. But I mean, I used to be able to do that. Like I was pretty quick on my feet. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I, I was able to do that. But even then, 
when I sat down and write, I was even quicker on my, I was even quicker with, with, with the, uh, with the punchlines and the context and stuff like that. But yeah. it's, it's, I mean, it makes a difference when you can have a split second or one or two seconds to think about something. Yeah. And then, and then, and then maybe, okay, then maybe I got something better I could say than just this. I got a lot of respect for freestyle, man. I mean, I, mean, yeah, I can't I know, do I that. I can't do yeah. that shit. I mean, I could, <laughs> I could do the basics. Like, I could, I could freestyle and make something sound, you know, like party or good or something slower. You know, yeah. but like to actually the freestyle to the level that I like, that that's nah, that's not gonna happen. So can can you do it like when people just throw random words at you? Yeah, yeah, I could probably do that. Yeah, because that's the shit that really impresses me. When somebody can yeah. freestyle and they throw like like random words at them that they don't even know it's coming, and they get a word, yeah. and all of a sudden you got to run with that one, and then they get another word, and they got to run with that one. Yeah, I could do that, but but but. If, if you were to just to give me a list of words and I was to write something based on that, I could probably write you some real deep, yeah, and that's you know something real serious yeah. to a topic like like you know that's why that's why I don't freestyle. So I make it a point not to freestyle because I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice. Yeah, I see that too. Freestyle. That makes sense because when I read your bio, you you talked about the importance of lyrics and and messaging, and it, it, it makes sense. It, it definitely does. Um, all right, so. Who who are some? We touched on a few guys, but who who are some of your musical inf influences coming up? Um, early in my life, like before I turned, before I was a teenager, like I used to listen to uh, like Bone Thugs and Harmony, Three Six Mafia, Twister. I listened to Biggie. You know, I listened to Scarface. Yeah, I listened. Let me, who was, who was a couple of New York rappers I used to listen to? I remember. I remember even listening to uh, uh, Ed, Dr. Dre and Ed, um, mm -hmm. Ed Lover. Yeah, like I used to listen to those, but then like when I got to like 12, 13, then I really started listening to like Nas and PMX and Jay-Z. Like those probably were the biggest three influences. Yeah, like, New York City like, guys. Yeah, yeah. Like like I, like I always, like especially Nas and DMX, because they were like almost like polar opposites. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like like Nas was really like storytelling. DMX told stories too, but Nas was more on the political angle, and DMX was more like the real super gangster. And yeah. so, you know, and then, then when I seen them in the movie Belly, you know, like Belly is a forever a hood classic, so, you know. Yeah, the thing about DMX I also admired was how he was able to transition from music into movies. Yeah. Um, he did it, you know, Tupac did it, of course, a few, few other ones done it. Um, but yeah, DMX was one of the early guys to do that. Tupac, too, I, I, I'm, I'm a big Tupac fan. And yeah, I used to listen. To, yeah, Pop. How can I forget about Pop? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely used to listen to Tupac. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, so I had I had all eyes on me. I do I do remember that. Yeah, As man. A kid, having that cassette tape back and back when cassette tapes was popular. Right, right. I like that collab we did with Dr. Dre, um, California. Yeah, that's that did the classic West Coast. You know, one of those songs yeah. you just kind of low ride in the car and just chill. But but it was it was good shit, man. And Tupac was another one that was years ahead of his time. Very very brilliant kid, man. He was a, he was a smart guy. Um, yeah. Very talented. Very very talented. All right. So what's yeah. um? See, so we're halfway through 2019. We got like another six months till 2020. So what are some of your goals? Like right now, I'm just trying to get on the road. Like like I really I'm really in a, in a process of trying to find the right manager. So if anybody out there knows good managers in the New York area, holla at me. But, you know, I'm really trying to find a good manager because there's no managers out in the capital region over in New York where I'm at. You know, I've been I've been researching. It's really, like, not a lot of people out here. Everybody's, like, either in New York City or, like, 
mm-hmm. even even Atlanta or LA, and, and I can't really move right now because I'm on parole. Where are so you at right now? I'm in Albany, New York. So you're upstate New York, okay? Yeah, which is really like a mini Brooklyn. Cause it's wild up there. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Mayapack, New York. About it's maybe thirty minutes north of the Bronx. Yeah. But I haven't been in New York for many years. I live down in the South now, but. Um, but yeah, I, and I know I, I know some people that might could help you out too, man. So we'll have to we'll have to stay in touch after this. Um, Roy Jones Jr. is a good friend of mine, the fighter. Uh, yeah. He's done a little hip hop stuff himself. He's got a couple kids that are doing hip hop stuff, and um, Roy Roy's um, always maybe Roy's an op- entrepreneur, so he's you know he may could help you out with the managing thing. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually in college right now for entrepreneurship. There you go, man. Good for you, man. Stay, stay, stay with that shit. Yeah, stay with that cause, shit. Cause, you know, because I, I have, I started my own label. You know, I've been releasing music under my label since I've been home. Yeah. You got a Twitter account? Uh, yeah. You need to follow a guy named Damon John. You know who he is? No, I write his name down. No. Damon John. D a y m o n. It might be it might be Damon it might be a D at the end of that. I can't remember if it's Damon or Damon look what a D. D A Y M O N or D A Y M O D. Uh-huh. John. I mean J O H N. I'm gonna pull him up on my, on my Twitter real quick just to make sure I got the spelling right. He's an African American entrepreneur. He's worth billions. He used to he started the FUBU clothing line. Oh, the shark. Yeah, the shark. Yeah. yeah. You need to follow you need to follow him on Twitter. Um, he's got a, he's got a Twitter account and he's really good about interacting with his followers. Yeah. Um, and he's in New York too, and he might be somebody you could reach out to. Um, yeah. As far as entrepreneurship, but yeah, he's on Twitter, man. Let me let me make sure I got his. Uh... Yep, D- it's D- it's D A Y M O N D, and his last name is John J O H N. I follow him on Twitter, man. He's, he's got a pretty cool account. He, he puts out a lot of cool stuff. But he's yeah. an entrepreneur, somebody that's um, that you can. That, I mean, I look up to him myself. Um, yeah. The dude's on him, man. He's worth billions with a B. I mean, dude's yeah. fucking loaded, man. And he's smart. Yeah. He's a very, very brilliant guy. Follow him, man. Definitely follow him. All right. So back on you. Um, what about live performing? I know you ain't, you, ain't, you ain't been out too long, but you, you got anything lined up to play? Uh, you know, actually, I'm gonna do an open mic night tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow night up here only, but it's a festival coming in August in Albany at the uh, at the at the riverfront, and I'm, I'm I'm I've been booked to perform there. Good. So the EP, my fellow American, how many songs are on it? Six. And these six songs, you get any spins yet, or is that still a little bit too early still? Yeah, I mean, I'm getting on on Spotify. I've got about like six thousand streams for the for, but mainly between two songs, the first two singles. Which yep. was, the first one was Black Pride Swagger, and this one Gangsta Gangsta. So I've got about six thousand streams. That's not bad though for for early in the game. I mean, you, you yes. know, you're just getting rolling with this thing. It's not bad at all. Um, you got a YouTube channel? Uh, actually, I, I, I have some things on YouTube, and I guess you can call the channel because people can subscribe to it, so I'm you, not paying for it. But. You got to definitely, you definitely got to get on that. You yeah. definitely got to get a YouTube channel going. Build your subscribers. You would not believe how many people get discovered through YouTube. And you can start yeah. building a lot of subscribers. You can make money on it, too. You can, you can partner with YouTube. I make money on mine. And yeah. I got about, I got about 2,000 subscribers. 
but I make money. I, I partnered with them because anything, any if you get over a thousand subscribers, you can make money with with your videos. So definitely, definitely focus and build up your YouTube following a hundred percent. That'll help you a lot. Yeah, because uh, I've been focusing on like Spotify for the most part and our Facebook. I put out I put out a video to the first single and like it was it got in like the first nine hours it got like nine hundred views. So not bad, man. That's strong. Yeah. It's not bad at all. Yeah, but definitely utilize all social media, man. All those platforms, like Instagram. You got to if you don't have an Instagram, get an Instagram going too. Yeah, yeah. I have Instagram, I have Instagram Facebook, and Twitter. And I also have a, a, a Facebook page for my for my record label, Legal Crooks Entertainment. Okay. And and uh, it, uh, it actually has like twelve hundred likes. Not, that's not bad either. I mean, you, so you're getting for somebody who's just you know. A few months into this, you, you, you got some strong numbers. Really, it's not bad at all. So keep keep, yeah. keep cranking that shit, man. It's good stuff. All right, man. Anything I missed? Anything else we want to talk about before before we wrap it up? Nah, I think I think that's cool. I'm just delighted to be on your show and everything. It's my first radio interview. So. Oh, nice. I'm glad we're the first one to get you, man. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right. So before I let you go, one more time, tell all the listeners where they can follow you, where they can get your music, all that stuff. Uh, my music, uh, my fellow American is on all streaming platforms. Spotify, go to Spotify if you really want to listen though. And, uh, um, you can find me on Facebook at, uh, JuxStrongArm.1 and Jux, J-U-X dot Strongarm dot one, um, slash Facebook and uh, Legal Crooks on uh, Facebook and JuxStrongArm on Instagram and JuxStrongArm on Twitter. There it is, everybody. I appreciate you coming on the show. I want you to come back too. Once you got some new stuff to drop, um, yeah. anything you got, you know, coming up, you want to talk about, just just hit us up. We'll get you back on the show. And um, best of luck to you. I, I really like your music. I think you got a lot of talent. So stay with it. Stay stay straight and clean. Stay away from all the bullshit. And uh, you got too much living to do, bro. You know, you got too yeah. much too much to offer. So so best of luck to you, man. And come back. All right. All right. All right. Take care, bro. I uh, think.